Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion at Pittsburgh Steelers, Scott Ike Taylor. IT, it is good to see your face again. We're both back home. What a weekend it was in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers are atop the AFC North. Still trying to catch up on some sleep. <laughs> yeah, me too. You had, a, had a real good time, but that good time costing us is, is, is causing me some sleep, but I'm good. Ike, I want to thank you, your business partner at Howard G. Check out howardgcigars.com. I want to thank the folks, too, at the Terrible Tailgate. It felt like family, and it was really special for me to see you uh, surprising you in the Orlando airport. The expression on your face was just priceless because that's where I was connecting to get to Pittsburgh. And then it was a really special weekend getting to share that with my dad and what was a very exciting Steelers win over the Baltimore Ravens. Man, first time ever meeting Pops live in person. Um, I hope he had a good time. I hope it was a great time. Absolutely. Uh, especially in Pittsburgh. Uh, he sounded like he did at the time. So for me, that's all that really matters. You know, everything happened for a reason. What a coincidence. You know, you got a layover, but your layover in Orlando and me and you on the same flight going to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it was fun on the plane. We were watching the Mizzou LSU game, my alma mater, and then we had Ohio State in Texas, the Red River rivalry. Uh, at the very end of the show, Ike, I'll have a future insert segment, one of my Mizzou players, but we'll talk about that. We have a loaded pod today, so we'll recap the week five win over the Ravens. Uh, Deontay Johnson due to return after the bye week against the Rams. They're going to play in L.A. in week six. We'll talk some about Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Joey Porter Jr., your former teammate, James Harrison. Just starting out, before we get too far ahead, let's tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. If you have any gambling needs, we've got Thursday night football tonight. NFL, uh, we're into what, week six now, Like The season is flying by. If you have a bet on any of the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Yeah, 365, 24-7, regardless of what sport it is. Make sure y'all check out betonline.ag. And you can see the promo code on your screen right now. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ike, what a weekend it was. And we'll talk a lot about the big plays. There were a few that really stuck out to me. And the block punt really changed the momentum of the game from a special team standpoint. Miles Killebrew getting through. And I want to give credit where credit is due because it's a player that I haven't seen get a whole lot of attention and um, that's the tight ends, uh, Rodney, hang on, Rodney Williams, the hustle on the block punt. He almost stayed in bounds. That play stuck out to me where he is completely selling out. But more importantly, on um, the play where Gunnar Osheski fumbled the punt, Rodney Williams had to go through like two or three Baltimore Ravens players to bring down the Ravens player to stop Baltimore from scoring a touchdown on the punt return. 
And he's a player that's not getting a ton of attention, but I want to give credit where credit is due because go back and watch 87 on those plays. That is a want to, that is a hustle. And if not for his efforts, the Steelers don't win that game on Sunday. Yeah, but Rodney was doing that in training camp. Um, so Rodney borderline as a scout, who was talking about Rodney, uh, he's making it hard um, not to cut him, you know, because of all his hustle. Uh, going on his third year, he wind up uh, picking up some, some, some muscle, some weight, some NFL weight, uh, understood the playbook. And, you know, everybody got some kind of fault to him. Fault. I mean, not fault, but everybody got something they need to work on. And for him, it was blocking. Rodney came into camp, camp and Rodney was blocking. Um, just a natural, smooth receiver as well. He just so happened to play tight end. So coach always try to uh, demonstrate, man, the more you can do. And for guys who are borderline trying to make the team and special teams, you know, so Rodney could have tucked his – Tuck this tent and fold it and be like, man, I just I'm I'm a tight end. I won't play tight end. But now nah, Ryan been doing this since training camp. And them kind of hustle plays, uh as a as a fan, you might overlook them, but I guarantee you, Coach T and Coach Dan, the special teams coach, and even his tight end coach, they ain't overlooking that. Cause by the end of the day, um, at some point in time, he will be needed. So um Coach T got a motto, and his motto is uh it's not what you're capable of doing. What are you willing to do? So, and and that's a and that's a want to. Um, and 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 in Rodney position, uh, I just been saying Rodney like in training camp, like get better every day, every day. And I was counting the numbers for him. Like, man, somebody gonna wind up getting cut from a different position because we got to keep him, you know. So, that and that's exactly what happened. But Rodney been doing this. You know, since the day he stepped in, it's just fun to see young guys grow and give themselves opportunities um, to get on the field. So that was a huge play, too, Mark. Yeah, number 87. And I want to see him continue on, even in a special teams role, uh, even once Pat Frymuth comes back into the lineup, Ike. I mean, like, if he's going to make this type of impact in special teams, he very nearly had a touchdown. And then again, go back and watch that fumbled punt and everyone's mad at Gunner, understandably. So he's botched a lot of his opportunities from a return standpoint, running across his body. When you're running to the left side, tuck it in your left hand. When you're running to the right, tuck it in your right hand. It's as simple as that. But if not for that effort, Baltimore scores on that play. And uh, it sets up the heroics of Joey Porter Jr. Ike too. And this has to be so cool for you because He's wearing your number 24 in honor of you, Ike. And that's really cool to see. What it reminded me of, though, was in 2003, your former college teammate, Charles Tillman, was a rookie for the Chicago Bears. And in his rookie season, late in the game against the Minnesota Vikings, they tried Tillman one-on-one in coverage with Randy Moss, and Tillman ripped it away. And it was like, well, we've got a stud corner in Chicago now. And that can only grow his confidence. Like I'm not saying OBJ who he was matched up with on that play is what he was with the giants, but to be tried in that situation, I can only grow his confidence as a young player. And I'd love to get your insight, just given that you were also put in those scenarios early on in your playing career. Um, I mean, when his dad was coaching at the time, JP jr. For the Steelers, you know, he wanted, he wanted the OBJ, Pitcher, because he was a fan of OBJ. Now you come in, you're playing against OBJ, and you you are the spark plug 
to to that drive to win the game off of your interception in the red zone. I mean, but JP Jr., I talked to JB Jr. the next day, and he already knew it was coming. Uh, backside of trips, um, I'm a rookie. Um, Lamar's right-handed, OBJ. Um, is used is 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 used to making plays. Where y'all think y'all coming? Y'all gonna come on my side? It's just you know in that red zone, that's a perfect scenario for him because he's six three and some change. So you're not gonna out jump him. Um, he's gonna get his hands on you quick, and he just wind up coming down with the play. Now what was crazy before the play was even done, Coach T told him, "Man, look, go on get this interception and bring me the ball." It's like, dang, Coach T, you psychic, you psychic as hell. So that's that's exactly what happened. He, you know, um, Coach T manifested that play, and JP Jr. closed that thing out and brought Coach T the ball. So it's just special to see a young man grow. Um, as far as like starting, might as well talk about it right now. Sure. As far as, as far as like starting, what I told uh, JP Jr. was, man, don't be in a rush to start, bro, because once you start, you're on that field forever. I say, go on, go on, take your time, um, keep learning, sprinkle some plays in. I say, look at it like this: you're getting less rap, less reps, but you're making hella plays. I say, that's a good, that's a good situation. Um, don't, don't be in no rush to start, you know. So he finally, I guess he's understanding what I'm saying. Because once you start, you're on that field forever. So I, I look at it as a rookie. You know, I don't even want to start as a rookie. You know, so. Um, don't don't put no pressure, especially in that position. Give me all the reps I can get in practice and kind of wean me in in the game time, you know. And it's not my fault when y'all do wean me in. I make plays, PBUs, interceptions, tackles. You know, that's just what it is. So I'm building my confidence. I'm, build, I'm building my resume. But once you start, you're a starter forever. And you're going to have some you're going to have some down, some down games and you just got to bounce back for it. But I wouldn't be in a rush. To start, so that's what I told JP Junior. Man, just chill out, coaching them know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. If you if you look at your third down situations and people starting to pay attention to the third down situations, he's actually checking the team's best receiver on third down. So mm-hmm. you you quietly in the building, you're getting your props, but don't be in no rush to start because once you start starting, other teams start game planning for you for sixty plays. So mentally, you got to be ready. For that, and you playing special teams. So as a corner, you know we just don't play uh, on a, on defense. We play punt, punt return, kickoff, and if you're a kickoff specialist, kickoff return. So go on, relax yourself with the starting part. Twenty-four defensive snaps for Joey Porter Jr. Career high so far. He's gotten more and more playing time. It seems week in and week right. out. Ike, I know when he was at Penn State, he gave his lone interception there to his mom in the preseason he gave the interception ball to his dad I know eventually he got back his first career interception in the regular season he got that back from Mike Tomlin I'd say you're next in line Ike no nah. <laughs> no nah. man JP man. <laughs> I'm joking yeah, around with that a little bit <laughs> yeah whatever, whatever he's doing you know just keep letting him do what he do with you know closing out games really that's what he's been if you think about it He's been a closer. Every, every time he gets on the field, he know he's a rookie and they're going to come after him. And he's just been showing up. That's not the first time he closed out. He closed out a couple of weeks ago for Pittsburgh at home and wind up doing the same thing again, except for he got an interception that boosted that touchdown to help Pittsburgh win. So 
Yeah, man, it's 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 looking real. It's looking real good. It's looking real good for JP Junior. Um, like I told him, don't be in a rush to start, bro. You got nothing but time to start. To be honest with you, it's a lot of wear and tear on your body. It's a lot that come down with starting. It, it ain't just starting. It's a lot of stuff that come down with starting. Your body got to be built for it. You know, at one point mm-hmm. in time, you know, I I was having the most snaps out of anybody for like six years. I had the most snaps out of anybody on the team. You know, we talking about 1,500 snaps a year because that's including special teams. And we ain't even get to the playoffs. Yeah, we talking about, you know, 2,000 snaps per year for like six years. So, hey, take your time. Take your time, JP. Just keep doing what you're doing, but take your time. I, here's where we will agree, too, and this, that's terrific perspective. I am cool with Acrisure Stadium having the song loaded up by the Red Hot Chili Peppers give it away because – that interception and the block punt, in my opinion, were the loudest I heard the fans at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I was right down the street. It was right down the street. Um, smoking the stove at howgcigars.com. Make sure y'all go to that. And we heard and we before the TV, we knew everything that was going on before the TV uh played it because y'all were so loud in that stadium. So we knew when it was a good play, we knew when it was a bad play before it even actually was live on TV how y'all was acting in that stadium. It was remarkable. It was remarkable. Uh, Ike, Deontay Johnson's going to be due back uh, after the bye week against the Rams. I love his enthusiasm when he's asked whether he's going to play, and he's like, hell yeah. Coming back from a hamstring injury, the offense has struggled. There's no secret about that, but I'm of the opinion that George Pickens is starting to emerge as a number one receiver, and on the late touchdown against the Ravens, they had one-on-one coverage. They found him deep. He's able to make a play. Deontay Johnson, regardless of what kind of defense you throw at him, his route running ability, he finds a way to get open. I don't want to put too much of the onus on Deontay to say, hey, go save the offense, but it should help Kenny Pickett get confidence. It should help the other guys and to free up George Pickens. I'm excited to see him return after the bye week. Yeah, you're talking about one of the best route runners, you know? In the league, this coming from Darius Slay. Slay said this in the offseason. Like, there was mention, he was mentioning his top, you know, five receivers when it came down. And he mentioned, you know, um, Deontay Johnson. But then, you know, a training camp, I get to see him all the time. A dude just super savvy, super smooth with his feet, old ballerina feet. You know what I'm saying? It's coming out, coming in and out of breaks. That's where he's going to leave you at. You know, and that's 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 the open space he gets. One of the best route runners I've seen. I mean, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. You get a guy like that back, you already got the alien sitting over there at George Pickens. Mm-hmm. So so there you go. So that's 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 what I love about it. But Deontay, man, it's you know, Matt Canada got everything he's looking for. You know, the, he got all his calls back. So say all we're missing is the is the Ford, the Ford F four fifty, and that's Pat Fairmouth. Once he get that Ford dually truck back, he got action. So everything is starting to line up, especially on the offensive side after the bye week. But um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help George out. It's going to help Kenny out for sure with Deontay coming back. And you can tell, you know, uh, George is kind of coming into his own. You know, I mean, six six for one something, 130-something, and a tutty. That says a lot about George. Then when you just see him catch the balls on the sideline, really be the sideline. I mean, you talking about awareness on the sideline. I mean, you talking about uh, being a magician with your toes on the sideline. That's George Pickens. All day, it's just you better not let him get past you. Got sneaky speed here, run right past you. This is this is tough, son of a gun. 
Um, but he brings a lot of that to that too. Allen Robinson, I think, really, AR really is maturing that wide receiver group. And Deontay said it too as well. Um, it's a lot of maturity work he had to do. He acknowledged it. He got he got better. So um, it's it's just good to see that wide receiver core, that wide receiver group, really just doing what they're doing because really it's a special group for me. You know, you got a veteran guy in AR. We ain't even talking about Calvin Austin the, the third on what he can do. He can take the top off whenever he wants to. So he can go convertible with that. You got George and you got Deontay, he coming back. So, man, pick your poison, to be honest with you. But I've always thought Deontay was probably one of the most underrated wide receivers, um, probably because of his height. But when you ask players who go against Deontay, really he always open because of his route running. Yeah, and the play he got injured on against the 49ers, he gets like a 23, 24-yard gain, hurts the hamstring. Ease him back into things, too. And again, for me, what I'm excited about is how that frees up Pickens because Pickens was getting a lot of the attention on Sunday where you almost have to put a safety over the top and Pickens is still producing. Now it's like, okay, if you want to take away Pickens, if Deontay's going to get one-on-one matchups, he's going to eat opposing defenses alive because say what you want about the uh, struggles of the Steelers offense. Ike, the consistency for the last, since we've been doing this show, Ike, since the 2019 season, has been Deontay Johnson's ability to get open regardless of who's lined up from him, what kind of what kind of coverage is lined up from him. He's been that safety blanket for Ben and now for Kenny Pickett. And again, I don't want to put too much onus on him coming back, but right. it should only help this offense is, is my point. No, I put a lot of onus on it. We ain't got to put too much, put a lot of hot sauce on that thing. That's going to help <laughs> Kenny Pickett in the offense all day. Yeah. You know, so he ain't really got to look to one side. You know, he ain't really got to look for George like that. George ain't got to have all that pressure. Even George want all the smoke, so to say. But, yeah, you, you you get to pick your poison on which side you want to go to. But, really, it's the growth and development of Kenny Pickett, too, as well. You know? Yeah. And it, it's it's the detail part that he saw it was cover zero. So he wanted to change the protection to a max blitz. And it's the very detailed second-year guy, George Pickens, seeing – that Marlon Humphreys was locked in. He's now looking inside, you know. You know, on a post-interview, he, he was like, Marlon kind of tipped it off. You know, usually you look inside, you think about zone coverage. When you locked in and focus, you know, I ain't got no help. This is what we're doing. So that was, that was very, for a second-year guy like GP to understand what the heck was going on in that situation. And guess what the play calling was? He did max protection, and he looked over there to George Pickens. He called Randy Moss. I know if I'm a cornerback, and I hear Randy Moss, you say that to the receiver, I'm checking, that means go ball. That means go ball. So it's just the small things like that. The moment ain't never too big for George Pickens. That's what you got love for him. That's what you got love about him. But Deontay coming back, man, it's truly going to help this offense in my mind, Mark. So you think the Randy Moss is go ball. Some people were saying on Twitter that it's possibly the R and Randy sliding the protection to the right, which also did seem to happen on that play, Ike, but Randy Moss means go ball. I just want to clarify that for people because there are a lot of questions about that. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. So I don't know what else it could be, but I, I, I want to hear your perspective as someone who actually played. Yeah, when you see what, what, what Randy Moss is known for, <laughs> throwing a hand up and doing what? <laughs> go ball. Toss so me the one, ball. Yeah, once he, once he get even with the cornerback, believe me, I know. Once he get even, man. And they put some air, whether it's Dante, um, Cole Pepper, 
or whether it was Tom Brady and then threw that ball like a rainbow, like all the way rainbow, just so he can run under that thing and leave you by five yards, that's a go ball. So for me, for me, I'm just saying, if I hear if I hear a quarterback tell a receiver, Randy Moss, that's a go ball. I mean, mm. when you look at when you look at ESPN, he got a segment called You Got Moss. <laughs> it's a go, it's a it's a go ball. So that's 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 just what it is. So yeah, that's 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 that go ball. You hear you hear Randy Moss again, um, they might switch it up. So since everybody mm. heard Randy Moss, you know, the Randy Moss might be a slant now, or it might be a curl. Nah, so I know at that particular time, if we if he see cover zero and he and he tell George Pick and Randy Moss, I'm like, man, let me back up and ca- and catch this and catch this day go ball. But I get it though. Yeah, Ike, after the bye week a season ago, the Steelers were seven and two. They're sitting at three and two right now, but at top of the division. The adjustments I would love to see. Uh this was a team that was better on the back half of last season. Now the competition wasn't quite as stiff as it was on the front half of the year, but that's kind of what I would say is, is what would lead to optimism. And there's no doubt about it that the offense needs to get better. I heard twice during the game fire Canada chance and uh, we'll see. Uh, it's not like the Steelers to make a move mid season though. Um, so you keep, the offense just has to get better because it's like, if you want to continue to try to win this way, it's nice to be top of the division after five weeks. I'm not complaining about that, but if the Steelers want to contend this year, the offense just has to get better. And I think that's very evident. Now, uh, how you go about doing that is running the ball. Like we we're broken record saying this, and this is where with Jalen Warren and Najee, you know, I could have put verses in this, in this subhead, but I'm putting plus because I thought both players, it's like, why pick? But Jalen Warren's refusal to go down outside of the tackles and in the open field, I don't think it's a secret that he's better in that facet of being a running back than Najee is. But you're still going to need Najee as well, and then you have two capable running backs to carry the load. But when Warren hurdles over a defender and is making sweet spin moves in the open field and it requires several defenders to bring him down, it was special to see, and I want to see the Steelers continue to give him the ball in space. Man, dude, just uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, cousin. That's what he reminded me of, MJD. When MJD was playing with uh, the UCLA Bruins, then the Jacksonville Jaguars acquired him. Weren't just like him. Uh, don't have the speed. I'm lying. You do got the speed. Just, just, a, just a hard knows bowling ball who just so happened to be electric when he has the ball in his hands and he started to get the groove. You you can tell the game is slowing all the way down. For him to anticipate how you're going to tackle him, that lets me know his mind is getting into the matrix. The game is slowing down for him, you know, so um but you you talking about fighting for every blade of grass. That's exactly what Jay Warren do the man fight for every blade of grass. That's why he's in there for certain particular um, downs and situations. Cause you know, just get the ball out to him in space. Just get it to him in space. And he's gonna make a person miss. He's gonna run a person over or two. And he's gonna fight for every yard. Not saying Najee don't do that. Najee still is the bell cow. Actually Najee, I think in my mind, has been running even better because of Jalen Ron. So Najee been sticking his foot in the ground 
getting them three or four yards that you need and them and them and them third downs becoming short, you know, third and threes, third and fours, which is good. And then you sprinkle in Jalen on the third downs. If you want to get the ball to him in space, boom. If you want him to pass block, boom. But that's that's how it's rolling. So I like what you just put. Jalen Warren plus Najee instead of Jalen Warren versus Najee. It ain't never versus. Um, if we versus anybody, we versus the opponent. Mm-hmm. So that was well done by you, Mark. I changed it at the last minute right before the start of the show because the Steelers will need both players. And like you always tell me, watch the sidelines. The sidelines tell the story. Right. And Warren hurtled over a Ravens defender. That play was crazy. But then there was another play where he was along the sidelines it looked like he was about to go down or step out of bounds. And he used his hand to keep him up to fight for another four, five, six yards. What that did to electrify his teammates and the stadium, the Steelers' drive fell short. They had a field goal. Boswell's been almost automatic this year. But what that did to electrify the team, there. look, and in, in I could point to the rushing stats and you look at the stats on paper and it's just like, okay, it's obviously not where it needs to be. But his refusal to be tackled on that drive, it was very special to watch. Yeah, I mean, break a tackle, hurdle, hurdle over. I broke a tackle, I hurdled over somebody. I got hit by two players. I spun, put my right hand on the ground, kept going. Three more other players had to tackle me for me to come down. By then, it's the first down. You know, so you're talking about getting a hard, a hard 10 yards, a hard 10. It, it was, it was, I think it was 36. But that 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 other four, um, just in the running back mind, it felt like third and 20 off of how he ran the ball. So six yards felt like 20 off everything I had to do. So I had to hurdle over a young man. Then I had to get hit by another young man who 200. And 20 some pounds, shake that off me, spin, put my right hand down. And while my right hand coming down, I got another 400 pounds coming at me to make sure they stop me. Keep my feet going, a third defender jump on me. So that's 600 pounds, and I'm down for 10 yards. And it's third and six. So that's how I be looking at it when we want to analyze, like, dang, he hurled over somebody, broke a 220 pound. Man tackle. Now he got 400 pounds on him. His foot still going. Now his feet still churning. Now he got another 200 pounds. That's 600 pounds on his man back. And the man pick up the first down. Like, and he ain't nothing but five, five, six, five, eight, and some change. Like, that's, but this is what he do. Just, he, he's, he's the spark plug for the Steelers offense. When you need to play, you call Jay. <laughs> what I say, when you need to play, you call Jay. When you need to close you call that alien GP. So they got they they got they got what they got weapons on the offensive side. Yep. Every position, especially the wide receiver position, they got weapons. But to have a one-two punch like Jay Warren and Najee, um, I honestly the running game is starting to pick up, even though we do need a running a rushing touchdown. I mean, goddamn. Yeah, yeah, and this is where, okay, I'll go glass half full. I thought Broderick Jones was very strong in his debut. Uh, Only one pressure allowed in 37 pass-blocking snaps going up against Jadavion Clowney, who's in a different part of his career but is a very established veteran player. Right. And so I thought he played well, but on the flip side of that, and I go back and I watch the game, 
Steelers couldn't run the ball to the right side. I know Nate Herbig's filling in for Daniels at right guard, and then Okora for seemed every time the Steelers ran the ball to the right side, they couldn't move the ball. And I know fans get frustrated, but if the Steelers don't run the ball ever, they don't keep the clock moving. And as prolific as the defense played in the second half, they get stuck on the field for too long. Now, I'll also say this too, Ike. If the Ravens receivers catch half the balls that they dropped on Sunday, they probably win the game. And then I still cannot believe in the first half, late in the first half on the Ravens' final offensive drive, that on the fourth down, they snapped the ball instead of trotting out Justin Tucker to take a 10-point lead. It's now Thursday. I cannot believe the Ravens made that decision. I know Linderbaum, their center, said after the game he thought that one of the Steelers' defenders jumped offsides and it was an encroachment penalty but to snap the ball there if you are not certain about that I thought it was a horrible mistake and um I've got one other coaching thing one other thing I noticed on Sunday and that was at the end of the game after Pickens touchdown and after Highsmith strip sack he had 11 pressures a career high Watt picks it up what do you know we'll talk more about TJ Watt here in a bit uh The Steelers at the end of the game were trying to run out the clock. So they knee it twice. The Ravens used their final two timeouts and they're in a victory formation, but they decide to run one final play and Kenny shuffles to the left, shuffles to the left and take a knee. And it was an illegal formation. I counted this after the game because Minka Fitzpatrick is the end back in the victory formation. He goes sprinting off the field. Chooks Okorafor wasn't covered. And so there has to be a skill position player at the line of scrimmage on the right side of the ball, and it was a legal formation. You're saying, well, why is Chooks penalized? Is it is it his fault? And the answer is no. Steelers only had 10 players on the field at that point. Now, I don't know if they needed another tight end. I know it was Rodney Williams' first game, a player that we showed love to before the start of the game. But if the Steelers have that scenario and you practice situational football a lot in practice, that's something that needs to get cleaned up, and you can't have 10 players on the field in a late-game scenario. To give the ball back to Lamar Jackson, with 49 seconds left, albeit with no timeouts, is a lot different than to say, hey, Lamar, you've got to go the full length of the field with 10 seconds left. And that's something I'd like to see the Steelers get cleaned up is the situational football. That's on the coaches. We love Coach T. We love him, but that was something in the game where it was just like, how are the Ravens getting the ball back with 49 seconds left instead of about 10? I see what you're saying, but at the at the same, at the same time, Mark, players got to be ready. Like you, 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 as at that level, coaches shouldn't have to tell you where you need to be because we work on that during the week. They work on that, you know. So we they grade on Monday if it's a Sunday game. We watch which one called blah, blah, blah. Wednesday, you should know that because we work on that on Wednesday. So Wednesday, and then on Friday and Saturday, Friday they're going through situational football. Saturday, it's a walkthrough before you get on the plane, situational football. So now, nah, as a player, I don't even put that on the coaches. Okay. As a player, as a player you gotta be, you gotta be. It's Sunday. It's it's Sunday. Sunday is time to have fun. I'm wired. I'm wired in. So you know, if I if I know it's if I know it's uh, um, if 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 I'm a first or second year guy, or if I'm a tight end, or if I'm an extra offensive lineman, and I know I'm looking at the clock and I see the way the game going, I'm sitting my butt right beside Coach Danny, because Coach Coach. Coach Danny gonna say something that's gonna give me the indicator. Okay, now it's, now it's my time up, and that's and that's just what it is for you to for you to for you to black out 
on the sideline in the league, you ain't paying attention. You got to be more wide in than the coaches. The only, the only people who really don't really need to be wired in is offensive linemen because they just truly, like, stick together. Other than the offensive linemen, because um, offensive linemen, either they playing kickoff, me a uh, field goal, or on offense. That's it. Other than that position, every other position, you're wired because they, they go through that, you know, throughout the week. So I don't, I don't blame coaches on none of that. On if it's ten guys on the field, man, I'm blaming the players for that one because we should know better. Because we go through this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, walk through on Saturday, get on the plane if it's a away game, and we go play on Sunday. And, and and then when we get to the meeting rooms, when we land, we going over it again. So there there should be no excuse from a player standpoint of having ten guys on the field. You got to be locked in. You got to be locked in. So, and what that does to a coach, if you got 10 players on the field, you ain't never, you ain't never getting back on that field for that particular play. You know, they're going to find somebody else because mm. I can't hold you, especially if you're only getting, you know, five to 10 plays, you know, I can't hold you accountable and you're only getting five or six plays. And it, it, at that particular time, that, like you say, Mark, that could have been crucial. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I just it was something I noticed when I rewatched the game because Chukes was penalized and again Minka comes running off the field after the two kneel downs. So I don't know what skill position player was supposed to be there to the right of Chukes at the line of scrimmage, but again, something that needs to get shored up. Ike, a few other things we'll get to here really quickly. Your former teammate James Harrison was saying on Cam Hayward's podcast that he doesn't Deserve to make the Hall of Fame that his numbers aren't there. You've pointed out to me many times that he wasn't asked to rush the passer on every play. Had to work his way back in the league. He has the most iconic defensive play in Super Bowl history. And oh, by the way, if you want to see single game dominance, pop on the tape from that Monday night game against the Ravens. It might be the best individual defensive performance we've ever seen. I love James Harrison. I respect his opinion. I don't know what the heck he's talking about here. saying he doesn't deserve to make the Hall of Fame, though. Man, Debo just keep them 100. Debo, Debo, Debo feel like, Debo feel like, man, they just letting anybody in. And he don't want to just be anybody. I mean, um, but Debo is well deserving of getting his ass in the Hall of Fame. You talking about a player who dominated, a player that people feared, whether it was a quarterback, a running back, or a wide receiver, whether it was an offensive coordinator, whether it was a special teams coach, they feared. James Harrison. So I respect Debo because that's just what we do. We keep it 100 with each other. Um, Debo looking at it like the, the Hall of Fame should be red carpet only. And we had these conversations on the Hall of Fame kind of be water, kind of getting watered down. Like some of the people we didn't fear when we played and, so, and some of the people who's getting in, like how did he get in? And that's, and that's, and that's how we look at it from a player standpoint. But I respect Debo's opinion, but F what Debo talking about. Debo is well deserved, <laughs> deserving on getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, probably one of the most historical uh, 99 yard interceptions for us to win the Super Bowl in Tampa. Um, him jumping over LaDainian Thomason in San Diego when it was the San Diego Chargers. Um, that was iconic. Uh, every time we played the Ravens, um, whether he was getting two sacks or an interception, that's when that's really when he 
when he woke up. And we ain't even gonna talk about special teams, him going down on kickoff and just putting a lot of people to sleep. You ask them where they at, they say Alaska. Nah, you in Pittsburgh, take them out of the game. So that's exactly what, you know, It the rules have got changed because of uh, Troy Palomalu, James Ferrier, Ryan Clark, myself on the back end, and James Harrison. You know, when we, when you sit, when you sitting in that huddle, and we 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 arguing with each other, um, who the best player on the opposing team is, and we saying, man, hey Debo, if this guy run across a route, put his ass to sleep, and he over there hearing our conversation, man, they looking back like, man, how the heck are these guys talking like that about me? But that's just that's just Debo. Like I can't script, and I wish I wish I wish we did. They they tried to they tried to mic me up. But it was they said it was too too much profanity. They couldn't even get a sentence out on me. They said, All right, we can't even use this. We can't even use like one sentence. But Debo, Debo, man, people feared, people feared Debo. And he's well deserving. Um heck, heck with the stats. And I know that's what Debo probably talking about. And Debo had a late start too. Mm-hmm. You know, Debo bounced around from us to the Ravens, then he went Canadian, then he came back to us. So you take you take about five years off of Debo, and you know if you added five more years to Debo career, ain't no telling what the young man would have had statistically. But just to come in and and doing what he did, and to be feared, to be feared, like people people fear Debo, you know. So and that's why I see what he's saying. Um, I'm just guessing statistically wise on him with the with the. Uh, with the with the Hall of Fame, but Debo, I'm telling Debo, you was you was fair, bro. Did you see it in opposing players' eyes or their body language, Ike? Oh, uh, you know me and Debo, like after year eight was eight or nine when I was just sitting on one side. I was it was me and Debo on one side, like he was outside linebacker and I was the right corner. And once and once that happened, like you know. Debo used to say, man, hold that MF and receiver up so I can get his ass out the game for you, Ike. And why these guys walking back to the huddle, they they like, they're like, oh shh. Man, these dudes ain't playing. And then when when they went, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you how real it was. <clears throat> when they went from our targeting area, because we was putting everybody to sleep. So everybody thought they was coming from Alaska because they didn't remember what it was, what it was, right? After we started doing that, they start saying, uh, you can't target the head area. So they gave us a target. Now picture you as a receiver, Mark. Mm-hmm. Picture you as a receiver. You already know how defense coming in between the 2005, the 2010 era, right? You know how we coming. We, we we some savages, kamikaze kind of guys, right? So they changed the targeting area for us, right? So picture, picture as a receiver or a running back or a tight end. All you hear is Ike and Debo and a few guys like, hey, man, since they changed the targeting area, from this point on, we blowing everybody ACLs out. Get his ACL and blow that thing out in the water. Now, how the heck you gonna feel about playing us if you're a receiver, tight end, or running back? You can have the ball, like, and that's what we was doing. We were striking fear, yeah. but it was led, it was led by James Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
who do you think the better duo is? Ike? I've been seeing this make its round. You've got Watt and Highsmith, Harrison and Lamar Woodley. One hundred percent. If 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 Wood if Wood lazy ass would have kept his ass in shape in the offseason, hey Mark, Mark, them boys would have had eighty five a piece, eighty five a piece, about ten interceptions a piece, and that 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 would have been hell, boy. That that would have been hell if Wood would have kept his late. Matter of fact, we got to get Wood on the show. All right. But when I say when I say between Debo and Wood, we talking about 280. 280 outside linebackers. Two 280 outside yeah. linebackers. That were athletic. We ain't talking about just stiff robotic. I'm talking about who can actually move, catch picks. Man, listen, in my era, them two, them two, them two right there, Lord have mercy. But Wood knew he was good. He knew he was that good. He won't trip him. Like training camp, training camp, man. He used to tell, he used to tell Coach T, Coach T, I'll tell you this. Will you tell Coach T, <clears throat> hey, Coach, I'm not doing tight ends versus outside linebackers. And you know why, right? This in the meeting. Why would, because can't none of your tight ends block me? Really, none of your offensive linemen can block me. So why you want to put me with tight ends? Like, Coach, you know I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, Wood, you got to get you a couple of snaps, though. Wood, give him a couple of snaps. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Come back after practice. And you know Coach T, Coach T just being petty. He already know it. Hey, Wood, what you do against tight ends versus uh, outside linebackers? Now, you really want to embarrass these tight ends like this, Coach? You really want to put this in front of all these people? <laughs> what I done did to the tight ends? Yes, I do. <laughs> so him and Coach T, him and Coach T had a good relationship with K9 and that. I think, uh, I'm going to tell you how cool the relationship was. Mark between Coach T and Wood. At the time, Coach Rex Ryan was with the Jets, right, uh, as the head coach. And uh, <laughs> Coach T used to pick on Wood about something. And Wood was like, well, Coach, just trade me. I would rather go play with Rex Ryan. I think he's better anyway. Like, that's how... <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying that to the man who's his boss. <laughs> in the meeting. <laughs> so in front of the other teammates. And for us. Oh, my gosh. What, wow. Them, them two, how me and Paul Bar ruining relationship was. Yeah. That was Wood and Coach. Only Wood can get away off of what he was saying. But Wood and Coach T, yeah. What, what <clears> did <throat> Mike Tomlin say in response? Did he just ignore him and keep it moving? Or, like, how do you even respond to that? Nah, Coach T, come back. Uh, I really can't say it's comeback because he's right. still coaching. So, that says a lot about I got you. <laughs> but oh, Coach yeah. T, come back always. He always had that thing loaded. You say something to Coach T, he he gonna he gonna empty the clip on you when it came back to comebacks. So, but them two man, them two don't don't get me wrong. TJ and Alex, um, golly, I mean they're they're still growing as a duo. You feel me? TJ already got plus eighty five, and he only played ninety five games. So I got plus eighty five sacks. And only played 95 games. I think Debo had a hundred and some games with 85 or 83 sacks, something like that. Like TJ just, I, uh, I don't know, bro. Let, stop talking about everybody. DPOY, man. It's TJ. 
is 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 TJ. Let me piggyback off this, Ike, because like everyone's like, oh, Micah Parsons. And like, look, there's a lot of great defenders in the league. Right, right. If he breaks his own sack record and he's not defensive player of the year, what are we doing? Right. He's leading the right. league in sacks through five weeks with eight. And then Highsmith, he might not have the sack total this year. At 11 pressures this last week in the strip sack forced fumble came at the time that you need it to. And it's Highsmith. So since the 2022 season, Highsmith has the second most fourth quarter sacks in the NFL. So when you're double and triple teaming TJ Watt, Highsmith's the guy who's taking advantage of those one-on-one opportunities time and time and time again. They're they're special. They're special like. No, no, no. They they definitely it, it, it's just with TJ Mark. It's rare to see a outside linebacker be instinctive like a cornerback. It's, 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 or safety. It, it's just rare to see. I think off of his career, I think he got six or seven interceptions. Like, that's that's rare. And I call, I call him Johnny on the spot because wherever the ball at, for some reason, TJ, TJ always pick it up for a touchdown. Or he always hopping on top of that thing. Or he, he calls him for his fumble. So. He's a magnet. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's rare. It's rare when you, especially at the line of scrimmage, you know, some of the interceptions where TJ just jumped up at the line of scrimmage and Cincinnati picked the thing off, Cleveland picked the thing off at the line of scrimmage. So it's like, it's rare to have that kind of hand-eye coordination for a guy who, you know, 265, 270, and just have a knack on picking the ball off. Like, usually when you talk about linebackers, you know, if they got six or seven picks, they're five or six yards away from the line of scrimmage, and it's usually inside linebackers who be having them picks because on certain coverages like cover three, they're sitting in the middle, they're getting tips and overthrows or they're, they're reading his own coverage real well, reading the quarterback eyes real well. You never see somebody who's at the line of scrimmage get them kind of picks like TJ Watt. So that's what makes TJ so special. Force fumbles, uh, fumble recoveries, and Alex Highsmith calls a fumble, guess who gets on the spot? TJ going to pick it up and run in the end zone, and he's going to do the prime time. That's exactly what happened. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the duo, I think it's still a young duo between Alex and TJ, but just like peer in my generation, James and Lamar, they were, they were, they was, they was, they were, because they were doing the same thing TJ doing. It's just TJ doing it at a faster rate. That's all There's more passing in the modern NFL too, Ike. My last word on this would be this. After the game, my mom calls and asks me, Dad, hey, how'd you like the game and everything? And the very first thing my dad told my mom after the game was, TJ Watt was worth the price of admission alone. How many defensive players can you say that about? See, that's... (laughs) Now, your dad could have mentioned anybody. Picture that. From either team. He could have said Lamar. He could have said he could have mentioned anybody. The fact that the man said TJ Watt is as advertised says a lot about TJ Watt. You know what I'm saying? So the man tore his ligaments, popped his pinky back. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that, Ike. Got, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's 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 how we played. Um, and I tell you, Joey Porter had a golf tournament on Monday. And a couple of a couple of the old heads. Um, that's how I know he was born to be a stiller, TJ Watt. Um, that's how I know I was born to be a stiller. 
They said, man, we still remember um, when you played with a broken arm. And I was like, yeah, I said, I didn't think twice about it. And I was like, how the heck you played with a broken arm? I said, man, I just wanted to be out there with the boys. And they was like, you don't, that don't come across your mind? I said, man, once you get on the field, all you're thinking about is, you know, making plays, being and still helping your teammates. You think nothing about pain and getting back to T.J. White, you know, for the man to pop his finger back in place, um, didn't even know he tore ligaments, going to have surgery in the offseason, I think. He ain't even worrying about the season. And y'all wrap this thing up, make sure this thing t stay intact and we'll catch surgery in the offseason. But to have that kind of mentality, man, that's that's what the city, that's, that's what I saw when I was talking to the guys at the golf tournament. That's what the city love. You know, city love because it's a blue-collar, hard-working, prideful, small, but it got a big feel, city, you know? So, and that's, you know, last last week when you came, that was my first time over tailgating, you know, and just to hear some of the stories that I forgot and which fans was telling me in my career, I was like, God damn, like this, this really is black and gold to the soul. So, so Mark, for you and Pops to come at that particular time, it really was the first for all of us, me, you, Pops, and Howard G, <clears throat> especially when it can't came to tailgating, but the city of Pittsburgh, they love it, they love it, they love their football players. And you gotta love TJ White. I'm a huge fan, huge fan of TJ White. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of good players in the NFL, Mark, a lot. Yeah, Aaron Donalds, even you can sniff out the young rookie in Jalen Carter. He has been doing nothing but making noise and causing havoc sitting over there with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know. Um even Michael Parson, when you want to talk about, you know, that side. Nick Bosa, and if you want to say Nick Bosa, who's playing hot right now, is Fred Warner. So say the inside linebacker for, for the San Francisco 49. So it's a lot of guys you can mention for that DPOY. But, man, you got to put T.J. White one, and everybody else got to catch him off of what he's doing. You know, so that's what I love about T.J. White. And you know it's crazy going into the game – you have to game plan for him and still can't stop him. Like, we got to try to stop T.J. Watt. We need a tight end or we need a short flex a receiver, somebody chipping with a running back to help our offensive tackle. And he still wind up forced fumble. We ain't even talking about quarterback hurries. So we just talking about forced fumbles and sacks, fumble recoveries, and T.J. Watt. So um, coach, coach got two aliens on both sides. Coach got an alien. And T.J. White on one side, and he has an alien. And George Pickens on the other side, and not too many, not too many teams can say that. You know, your teams, you know, they got an alien. Nick Bosa is an alien on one side, but it just comes to sacks, just sacks. And you know, you got the, you got the Trent for, for me for San Fran is Trent Williams. I know we love Debo. Mm -hmm. I know we love Christian CMC. CMC is definitely an alien, but you, everything start with Trent. The Trent, 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 Trent is an alien first ballot Hall of Fame. He's a certified security guard. <laughs> you feel me? So uh, that's just what it is. And hopefully Broderick can be the same way. And I ain't even going to say a couple of years. I'm saying this year. Mm -hmm. He handled his business <laughs> last game. So, yeah, Mark, we uh, after this buy, after this buy, it's going to be back to what we – think it should be. 
You feel me? So I ain't, I ain't even tripping. Yeah. When Dan Moore Jr. comes back, does he shift over to the right side? That's something I'm keeping my eye on, Ike, because if Broderick plays like he did this past Sunday, I don't see him giving that left tackle position back because I thought, you know, you didn't hear his name often. And you don't hear an offensive lineman name. Look, I know there's a lot of different metrics and scoring systems and everything, but generally – that's a good thing. Ike, uh, we're going to get to one question in what Yin's think, and we'll wrap this show up. Uh, the Steelers had a padded practice this past week. A lot was made of that. Ike, I know when I mentioned Steelers practices to you, you've mentioned going one-on-one against Jerome Bettis when you were a rookie with the Steelers. But in season, so that happened in training camp, in season, was there a practice that sticks out most to you in your memory during your time with the Steelers? Yeah, I, I thought that was a normal. Man, Coach Coach Cowley, man, we, this this what we doing? How the heck I'm gonna ask y'all to be tough and physical when I take the pass off of y'all? So the, now we get the missing tackles. We're not playing the physical um, style of play we know how to play. If I take the pass off of you, nah, y'all know on Wednesdays this is what we doing. Wednesday is full pads, bam, we smack it. Thursday is full pads, half a practice. We take the pass off. Friday is just helmets and shell. Saturday, we're getting ready, walk through, and we're going. So I knew nothing about, I mean, knew nothing about shells throughout the whole week. We couldn't, we couldn't, it, it just made sense. We couldn't, for, for, for a team to know when they playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in every week, team, every, every Hey, we got to be physical. Every time somebody played us, we, that, those first three words, we got to be physical going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got to be physical going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But that started in practice with us. Wednesday, you know we smacking. We smacking on goal line. That's the whole That's the whole day. We smacking. Bring bring a big mouthpiece on Wednesday. Bring, bring your biggest mouthpiece on Wednesday. That's what we're doing. Take a few Tylenols and aspirins because you're going to have a headache. Thursday, we have that, you know. We catch our water break. We smack on Thursday halfway through. We take our, put our shells on. Like, we, we just, we just, so yeah, me, honestly, yeah, keep keep that routine going because it's football. It, it's football. There is no need for us to be wearing shells, you know, especially what's going on now. It's just, it's just, you're just, you just keep your, you just keep your, your, your skills sharpened when you keep the pads on because on Sunday the pads gonna be on. So I'm asking you I'm asking you to have the pads off throughout the week and then put the pads on. It's like damn I done had five days with no contact, no thudding, no pads. It's just it'll be too late for you to get in the groove. So Wednesdays and Thursdays for us was the two smack days, Mark. So that's why we just stayed, you know, that's why I was such a great tackler. You know, in the open field. You know, that's why I came up and hit <clears throat> because that's all that's all I knew. You know, I had so many reps and practice on doing it. You know, that's that's why I was like that. So I can only imagine just having shells on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I wouldn't have been as physical. You know, I was I wouldn't have been a good open field tackler. But the fact, you know, that Coach Kyle had it set up like that, you know, that kind of that kind of tuned my skills. And Coach T really was doing after Coach Coward did it, Coach T did it. But, you know, Coach T is like an evolving head coach. So, but I guarantee you he's going back to what I just said. Wednesday, we smacking. 
Thursday, we're going halfway with it. Take the take the uh, shoulder pads off. We go shell. Friday, straight shell and helmets. Saturday, walk through. We just walking through, so we can get ready to leave. For any listeners or viewers, if you have questions for us, leave those in the comments. Because Ike, there's a ton we need to get to, but we are up against time. Really quickly, uh, we were watching the Mizzou LSU game on the plane. Future Yinzer, I'm telling you about this guy right now, Luther Burden the third for Mizzou, number three. The way we're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. right now for Ohio State, uh, Luther Burden's not going to be eligible for the 2024 class because he's only a sophomore right now. But come 2025, he's going to be one of the top receivers. I am telling you right now, Ike, future Yinzer, Luther Burden the third, wide receiver for my alma mater, the Missouri Tigers. Talk your talk, baby. Manifest that, speak that thing into existence. Ike, I want to say, I want to thank you. You're the absolute best. It was awesome seeing you this weekend. The look on your face at the Orlando airport was priceless. Uh, You were very confused as to why I was there, but it was terrific to see you flying into Pittsburgh on Friday from Orlando to Pittsburgh and then the tailgate on Saturday. I want to thank you, Howard G. Check out howardgcigars.com. And again, I want to thank the folks over at the Terrible Tailgate. I get, they made it feel like family, made yeah. it feel like uh, I went to a lot of SEC tailgates during my time uh, in SEC country at the University of Missouri, the University of Tennessee, where I started my career. But it was a special, special weekend. And from the fans I talked to as well, Ike, it was the most memorable Steelers game in Pittsburgh since the Immaculate Extension game back in 2016, where AB reaches across the goal line as time expires. It was an incredible game to watch. And I hope the Steelers can build on that here in the coming weeks after the bye week this season. Yeah, that was uh, one of the things you and Pops were coming out. Um, one of the things, the terrible tailgating family for inviting good old Ike Taylor out there, man. Had, had a good time at Akashore Stadium uh, parking lot. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching Mark and I. Uh, I want to thank Bet Online. Uh, for rocking with us since day one. Make sure if y'all have any bets, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Regardless on what time it is, regardless on what sport you like, BetOnline got an option for you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and I'll let my dog Mark close this thing out. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Enjoy the bye week. We'll be back next week to preview Steelers and Rams. Until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.